Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Live. Welcome to this week's Everything That You Need To Know About Smackdown and what an episode of Smackdown it was. It was a lot of fun. There was so much to talk about, so much to go through. Uh, I mean, let's get started. Uh, We started off not with the promo or anything, but we started off with uh, the first round of the women's tag tournament. Uh, This saw Zaya Lee and Shotzi taking on Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. A bit of a spotlight on a match that I don't think any of us had high hopes for. And I must admit, I thought Raquel came across like a big star in it. Um, But there was definitely a few clunky moments in there. Not a match that's going to really get the pulses racing But um, the good thing about doing it in the open is it sort of, as bad as this sounds, got it out of the way. Because I actually thought after this, pretty much the run after this to the end of the show is really solid, really consistent. I think it's a really good show. Um, But yeah, I'd say one of the low points was probably the opening match. And I just think that, you know, there's a lot of people here that just don't get on TV that much. Aaliyah doesn't get on TV that much. Zia Lee. I forgot she even worked there. Um, But as we said, Raquel Rodriguez, she came out here looking like a big star. I think it was her, actually, that got the pin. So they progressed through to the next round. Then we got to hear from Karrion Cross. obviously. That was a big moment last week. Karrion Cross arriving, returning, attacking Drew. And uh, he says a few words. He talks about how Roman and Drew, how it must be nice to be the chosen ones, not disregarded like an unwanted toy. And uh, he was saying that everyone is going to have to pay the toll. TikTok. They were backstage here. And he peers around the corner and you can see Drew like heading towards the ring. So uh, it shows that he's kind of in the shadows, in the background, behind the scenes, watching. Like, you never know when he's going to strike. It's kind of cool. There wasn't really much to the promo. I didn't think it was like a great promo or anything. I thought it served a purpose. But um, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's just kind of cool seeing Carrion on uh, on WWE TV. I, I, I am a fan of his. Uh, I think he will bring something to this show. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Then we got uh, Drew making his way out. Obviously, we'd just seen him doing that. Uh, He heads down to the ring and he says, uh, you know, my hands are a bit full at the moment, talking about how he's obviously going to main event clash at the castle. And also, he got attacked last week by Carrion. So he he gave Carrion three options. He's like, listen, you can have option A, that's getting knocked out. Option B is going to the hospital. And I would imagine a lot of people, as soon as hospital was mentioned, went, He didn't say medical facility. So uh, hospital getting mentioned. Uh, And then uh, C, graveyard. So he he gave those three options. I mean, for me, it's option one all day long. Do you know what I mean? Knocked out, hospital or graveyard. I mean, it's just not even a choice, is it? But uh, he said he basically gave those options to uh, Carrion. And uh, this brought out Scarlet. She looks so good. So good. This is such a great image. I mean, everything goes black and white. She's standing there in this kind of wonderful robe. I mean, she looks like she could be death. That's what death looks like. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, actually, I I have no idea. But that is what death could look like with these kind of long robes, everything black and white here to come and collect you. And uh, I don't know. It's just such a, a striking visual. Uh, when she's standing there and she made her way down to the ring and uh, confronted uh, Drew uh, before they could really get into any kind of a conversation. The Usos attack. So the Usos attack Drew and uh, they then basically turn to Scarlet and say, you know, tell your man to he's going to get put down if he tries to step up to the tribal chief uh, type situation. She says, uh, that's funny. He's got a similar message for you, which... If you think about it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) Like, I mean, it is true. If the Usos step up to the tribal chief, I'm sure they will be put down. But I don't know if that's the message that Carrion was really looking to send. But uh, you could you could hear Scarlet say he's got a similar message for you. So uh, interesting, you know, it was kind of uh, uh, obviously set the scene for what was to come. After this, we get another 
uh, video package hyping up a title match. We've seen it with the United States Championship, uh, which obviously um, Bobby uh, was defending uh, the other day. And we got a United States video package as he defended against Champa. Now tonight, our main event was going to be Gunther taking on Shinsuke. And so we got another video package here. Just brilliant. I mean, brilliant. You, you can't watch it without feeling all of that nostalgia, feeling like the prestige. You're seeing shots of Macho Man. You're seeing shots of Pat Patterson. You're seeing shots of the Ultimate Warrior, The Miz, uh, Jericho. I don't know if Jericho was there, actually. He should have been. Because uh, when I think of the IC title, he is definitely a name that comes to mind. But now I've said it, I don't know if he was. I'd have to rewatch it. But Macho Man was. Got a screenshot of that. And actually, the belt that's on screen right now is my favorite version of the Intercontinental Championship. It's pretty much similar to the one that we've been having before we changed it. But it's just the WWF logo is in red. And it just really stands out, really pops and uh, I really love it. I love the uh, Macho Man version, if you will, of the IC title. So, yeah, that was just great. And and I really do appreciate them building up the title matches and making them more important. For too long, we just saw those title matches in the middle of a card. And it just didn't have any builds. There was nothing, certainly no video packages showing all of this footage. I mean, we were seeing the likes of Ravishing Rick Rude. And it was like, when do it? Honky Tonk Man was shown... Like, when do we ever go back to... I mean, he did have a legendary run. One of the longest reigns of all time. Ended by the Ultimate Warrior. But still, you know, these video packages, I'm a big fan. They really do help get me in the mood. And and certainly make whatever we're about to see feel more prestigious. So, yeah, great, great. I can't say enough praise. Next up, we get the Viking Raiders coming out. Kofi attacks them from behind again. I must admit, at this point, I thought, oh, someone might come out and save Kofi here. This seems like a good spot to save Kofi. I wonder who's going to save Kofi. And then it turned out no one. It turned out no one was saving Kofi. It turns out Kofi Kingston has got no friends. Kofi, no friends, Kingston. Uh, he gets uh, beaten up. Really nice moment here where Ivar actually climbs up the barricade, the railings, uh, and does a splash off of those. This is all playing out in the entrance stage. It's really good. It's really cool. And uh, I liked it. So, uh, yeah, Kofi Kingston brutally beaten down. Um, no one coming to his aid. I mean, it does seem like a really bad plan by Kofi Kingston to, like, run out there with a kendo stick, start walloping the Viking Raiders and sort of, what, hoping you can put them down before they regroup and beat you up. I mean, did he not think it through and think to have... A partner in the wings or clearly not. Perhaps he's acting on emotion. Perhaps that's what it is. But uh, that was the segment that we got. Backstage, uh, we did see Sammy uh, knock on the door and try to speak to the Usos. Uh, the Usos were basically like, look, you know, you haven't been stepping up. Before then, we could get into any kind of conversation. Drew, obviously upset by being attacked by the Usos jumps the Usos and attacks them in the background. You can just see Sami Zayn scuttling away, running away. And uh, the Usos would reference that later in another little segment. Um, they were like, hey, it's the track star, because uh, Sami went running when trouble arrived. So, uh, yeah, this was good. As we said, continue to build up uh, what we were uh, going to get later, which was a match with Drew and the Usos. Next hit roll. They came back. They came back not to save Kofi, which might have made sense. Um, I don't even know if they're heels or faces, to be honest. Um, they just took on some jobbers. So I don't know if they're heels or faces. If they're faces, they could have, they could have, you know, they would have made a good impression on your first day at work if you'd have saved Kofi Kingston. But uh, instead, they didn't do that. Uh, instead, what they did was they had a match against some jobbers. You can't judge the match. I mean, it's just a nothing match. I mean, Top Dollar has got one guy on his back. I think one guy on the front showing off his strength. He's a big guy. Used to play football, um, American football. And, you know, he's got a good size, good strength. The big shock here wasn't that Hit Row were here because there'd been obviously massive rumours, spoilers, that was happening. But it was that BFAB was with them. There'd been no reports of BFAB. And I'm really glad that she's back because out of all of them, BFAB was the one I was probably most interested in. 
I think that she has got a very good look. I think that she... I don't know about her wrestling, to be honest. Promo-wise, she's fine. But uh, her look, obviously, is great. And I think that she could be a good addition to the women's roster. I just don't know where she is with her wrestling because we never saw that many matches from her down in NXT. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they're working on that and, you know, they can get her up to speed. But uh, Hit Row come out. It's only the three members. Uh, there's no swerve, of course, because he is over in AEW. Would be interesting to know if he'd sent a tweet tonight. Haven't had a chance to have a look at that. Maybe when we get to the conversation part later, when I jump into the chat, whilst we're uh, chatting away, I might try and jump onto Twitter and just see if Swerve said anything, because that would be interesting. But Hit Row came out, three members. I got no, I got no problem with this. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people saying, really, Hit Row? Like, really, you're going to bring back them? But it's like, listen, the tag division needs tag teams. And this was a team that was released not that long ago. I know that Sean and Triple H really liked the gimmick. You know, they're kind of like a hip-hop group, and uh, they really like that. I would imagine some of the numbers that they did in NXT were quite encouraging. And so Triple H has got, you know, a bit of some experience here. He knows what, uh, what he needs to bring in. And I think he feels he needs tag teams. And I think that this was a team that he felt they never even got going. Never couldn't even show what they're about. So... Uh, they're back now. And B-Fab, as I said, has got such a good look. It kind of makes sense. You know, if you've watched the streams, you know what I'm about to say. If you watch this channel, you know what I'm about to say. But I always have to say it. I just, I wish it didn't feel so forced. I wish they weren't, like, posing all the time and acting as cool as they, like... It always feels like they're trying to act cool rather than just being cool. And, uh, like, they're just constantly like, yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they say, like, nada and all that. And I don't know. Perhaps it's cool. Perhaps that is what is cool now. Perhaps all the kids love just, like, yeah, posing and saying nada to each other. I have no idea. But to me, it comes across as quite forced. And I wish they would just turn it down. I wish they would just turn it down if they just came walking out and just, like, were normal. I mean... What I would say is that where you've got Bianca coming to the ring, swinging her hair around all the time, like it sort of feels like that's very manufactured and that's so much she has to do. And it's fine. You know, you just accept it. But I think this group is different. This group is actually meant to be cool. They're actually meant to be a hip hop group like that makes their own tracks and, you know, hangs around with hip hop artists and whatever. And I don't know. I just I feel like they... I feel like they've got potential and I could, I don't know. I always think that if I'm thinking that, someone else is thinking that. I don't think I I have unique thoughts. So if I'm looking at them going, oh, God, I, I see the potential. I just wish you would tone it down. I've got to think other people are thinking it. So that would be my only criticism. Other than that, I've got no issue with them coming back. And hopefully they uh, can go on to achieve some really good stuff. This was cool. Didn't expect this. Judo Jean LaBelle in the middle of a show. Not just like a throwaway thing at the start, but actually part of the show. And interestingly, the part immediately before Ronda Rousey, which is very interesting and actually in a way foreshadowed Ronda's return. Because, of course, that is Uncle Jean to Ronda. Ronda grew up with uh, Judo Jean LaBelle as a family friend. Um, if you know and watched Ronda in UFC, you would have known that Judo Jean LaBelle was in her corner during the UFC fights. Um, you would always see him in the corner of Ronda. Uh, he was a legit family friend. Loads of images of him training and working with Ronda, showing her like lots of different submission moves and things on the ground. If you don't know who Jean LaBelle is, he, he was known as like the father of grappling. He really is a massive, massive name in the history of like combat. He is huge. Like, he is... He was in one of the first MMA fights ever. It was Judo Jean taking on a, a boxer. So it was a judo guy against a boxer. This is from the 1960s. If you think that, like, UFC doesn't start until, was it 1993? So the fact that we had a boxer against a judo guy in the 1960s shows... And, and the judo guy was Judo Jean shows like how much of a trailblazer he was not only that they do Muhammad Ali against Antonio Inoki 
So a wrestler against a boxer. I think that was in like the 70s. And that was something Vince was involved with because he actually, uh, I think, show, helped to put that together and show it. Um, the referee for that was Judo Jean LaBelle. So not only was he involved in one of the first MMA fights, he was also involved in one of the biggest in the 70s, which was boxer against uh, wrestler. And then not only that, but he also helped teach Bruce Lee. So Bruce Lee, obviously, you know, taught, taught himself and IP man and all of that, um, it man. But uh, when he came over, Judo Jean was showing him, I think, a lot of submissions and groundwork. And that was stuff that Bruce Lee didn't have in his arsenal. So Judo Jean actually showed him a load of stuff uh, and uh, brought him up to speed with like a lot of the grappling that, that Bruce just didn't have in his arsenal. So Judo Jean was showing him all of that. Um, and as well as that, he had a very good like professional wrestling career himself. Um, as we said, he was in the corner of uh, Ronda Rousey. He was a stuntman in a lot of like big films. He was in a lot of the Bruce Lee movies as well. I mean, honestly, you can just sit here and go on and on and on about what Judo Jean LaBelle did. I, I don't know that. Um, first of all, I don't know. I think the LaBelle lock, you know, the yes lock that Daniel Bryan uses. That might be connected to judo, Jean LaBelle. I've got a feeling it is. So uh, the yes lock, the, the, the LaBelle lock, that's uh, judo, Jean. I think so. Double check it. Uh, and uh, yeah, as I said, you know, it's really cool that this was in the middle of the show. Really cool. Not just a little thing at the start. I was hoping for a video package. But to be honest, I don't know if they'd get the rights to show the stuff. And I don't know that he even competed in WWE. He might have done. Do you know, now I'm just talking out loud. Part of me thinks he might even have been a tag champ in WWE. Something in my head says he might have been a tag champ. So, um, but you're going right back in the early days here. Like WWWF stuff. Anyway, legend. And I love the fact they acknowledged him. No guarantee of that if this was Vince, by the way. Uh, right. Talking of Ronda, she came back through the crowd with a big bag so uh, this is such an interesting segment because she comes through the crowd jumps over the railing or the barricades and i was saying this makes her seem so cool like i actually thought this did a bit of a disservice to live because coming into this week's show i wanted to know is live going to get booed is she going to get cheered What's going to happen with Liv Morgan? I thought that was one of the biggest talking points going into this week's show. And I think to bring Ronda back this way, make her look like a badass. I was just thinking like, man, this can't be helping Liv Morgan. This can't be helping Liv. I mean, like there was big Ronda chants last week. I wonder if Triple H heard those Ronda chants and thought, we need to act on this. We need to act on this. The crowd are chanting for her. We need to get her back. Or maybe it was planned she was coming back anyway. But either way, I thought she looked really good here. Coming through the crowd is cool. Having a big bag full of money is cool. And uh, as we said, it was full of money. She dumped it on the table and basically said that, uh, you know, she's got fined a lot of money. Opened the bag, tipped it out on the table. Said that that's not going to be the last time she's sure that she's going to be fined. Security came down. Obviously, they're playing off like this isn't part of the show or not meant to happen. Uh, security comes down. She grabs one of the security... Judo throw. Grabs the arm of the security guard. She doesn't do anything. She actually lets the security guard go, which is clever because she's just been fined. If she does anything, she's likely to get fined and suspended again. So it was wise to not do anything. I like the fact that you can't... You've got to take this into account now. Like back in the day, she would have just beaten up the security guards. There would have been no repercussions. Now we're starting to see some repercussions. Like if you put your hands on the officials, you get suspended and fined, which is brilliant. And so she didn't actually put the armbar onto this official. She goes walking to the back as Shayna Baszler comes out. Shayna Baszler saying like, this isn't how it works. What are you doing? And Rhonda said, you used to be a killer like me and walked off. So they're definitely teasing a bit of friction there. And uh, they're also making Ronda look like a flipping badass. The, the downside, her promos, her promo was not good. I can't sit here and tell you, as great as this segment was, that that promo was good. It's, it's robotic. It's got no inflections or emotion. It's, 
She's saying some stuff like, you know, they've they find me a lot of money. I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. But, you know, the, the way she delivers it, it just sounds like literally someone's programmed a computer and it's just got no delivery to it. It's just literally the text is coming out. The words are coming out. But the the pauses, the dramatic pauses, that none of that is there. We were talking on the watch alongs. Obviously, we do a live watch along for Smackdown, live watch along for Raw. Um, we were talking about the fact that I wonder if it's nerves. I know that when she was young and a kid, she did have like a problem with her speech. I don't think she's still got that now, but it could be that stress and nerves bring it back or they throw her off. Either way, I've got to think someone somewhere has worked on her with her promos. But um, yeah, they're just not landing. I would say that it's, it is a problem because it feels like Triple H set the table perfect for her here. What Triple H got her to do, coming through the crowd, big bag of money, loved it, loved it. It was great, yeah? So all of that was great. He sets the table, makes her look like a badass. But if you're then going to stand there and deliver the promo that she delivers, I don't know that you're ever going to really break through. I don't know that you're ever going to really capitalize on this moment. Do you know what I mean? I mean, imagine all the times that Stone Cold came down. Imagine if Stone Cold came down, got into the ring, went up to Vince and then botched every flipping stunner that he did. Now, you've, you've got you've to have that impact. You've got to have that emotion. You've got you've to really punch this stuff out and she's not doing it. So it is a bit of a problem, but I, I don't know how to help her. I said this on the watch long. This isn't about criticising Ronda. It's about how do we help her? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to the point where we just say don't have her talk. I I, I don't know. Um, but that would be the only downside. Shayna came out, as we said anyway. And uh, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, the money in the ring. Uh, she was basically saying, like, you know, that um, she's going to try and win the title, basically, at uh, Clash. She didn't really focus on Ronda. She just came out and was uh, uh, talking about how she wanted to win the championship, blah, 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 blah. Liv Morgan comes out. She gets into the ring. And um, this is interesting because, as I said, I was waiting for Liv Morgan's reaction. And her reaction is quite good. The reaction to Liv is not bad. There is, I'm sorry to say, if you are a Liv Morgan fan, there is a very clear you tapped out chant, right? It was greatly reduced from last week greatly reduced i didn't hear any boos there was definitely Liv morgan i love you signs in the crowd that they purposely found purposely focused on got that out there she looked a little bit upset i would say as she was making her way down so i don't know if she was hearing things uh or if she just maybe worked herself up or whatever um but either way when she got in there it was there wasn't loud cheers. I'm, the crowd were not going crazy for Liv Morgan, uh, but they were not booing her out the building like they were last week either. So I would say there was definitely an improvement there. Um, the section ends with Shayna going after Liv's arm, Liv screaming in pain, but she ends up putting Shayna through a table and the segment bizarrely ends with like Liv standing tall over Shayna. So... I don't know. I don't know if they're going to try and make out that Liv can go toe-to-toe with Shayna. I don't know. I do know that Liv's shoes do my head in. Like, she comes out in these, like, platform shoes, which are just really weird. Like, you've got to know at a contract signing, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a brawl. I don't look at the shoes that she's been wearing recently as shoes that you can really be ready to compete in. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not a big issue. I mean, if you're going to take that as the takeaway from this review and uh, you've gone down the wrong path, I'm just saying that I think all these details are really important with Liv at the moment because you're really trying to convince people that she's a badass. You're trying to convince people she can go toe-to-toe with these people. So don't come out cosplaying as the Spice Girls. That would be, you know, a, a, a good step in the right direction. Um, but she ends the segment tall standing tall and uh, holding the championship above a fallen Shayna Baszler. And uh, I do think that Liv's going to get through Clash with that title. Uh, I can see her surviving. 
I can also see Ronda getting involved. I think Ronda may um, uh, cost Shayna, and then we get Shayna and Ronda. This certainly feels like there's teases as we're building towards Clash. So I can see uh, Liv surviving with that title. The bigger question is, though, is it going to be in a believable way or is she going to look good in that match? You know, I would say that her looking good against Shayna is definitely more believable than her looking good against Ronda. But Shayna is still a killer. Even even though she's not been booked very well on the main roster, she is still a killer. So, you know, we'll have to see. It's very interesting. This was the segment I was probably most excited for. I wanted to know how they were going to do it, what the crowd reaction was going to be. And we got all of those answers. Next, we uh, had a quick little look at the WrestleMania launch party. I didn't get a chance to stream this, and I wish I had, because it was actually more epic than I was expecting. It was shown on YouTube last night, two hours long, three matches, JoJo Siwa on Miz TV, Snoop Dogg made an appearance, Fluffy, if Fluffy means anything to you, was uh, the host. I'm not throwing shade, I don't know who that is, apparently a stand-up comedian, but I don't think he's someone that's made it, like, over here in the UK. Um, but it was fun. It was great. There was loads of talking points. I really enjoyed watching it. And uh, they just showed some highlights from it. So that's uh, what we got next. Then uh, we get a match. So the Usos are fuming at being attacked backstage earlier. They head down to the ring. Uh, they call out Drew. Drew makes his way down. They like, you know, pick up, pick a partner. Let's go. And he doesn't. So uh, it's a handicap match. And uh, thankfully, you know, the Usos start to get the better because, to be honest, I don't want to see Drew burying both Usos. Usos are the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team champions. I know they've jobbed a lot. I don't want to see them, like, being beaten by one person. They're not jobbers. So uh, I, I was pleased they got a bit of offense in. Um, they were starting to overwhelm Drew, and that's when Mad Cup uh, Moss came down so Madcap came down and uh, we end up getting uh, a two-on-two normal tag match then um, and it's uh, underway and uh, we get to this point here where Drew is about to claymore one of the Usos Sami Zayn jumps in and actually you know stands up distracts and uh, that was good it's good to see Sami actually being a part of this so you know he ran away backstage they uh, had a go at him for doing that and uh, he jumps into the ring and tries to provide a distraction. Uh, he also uh, um, takes a bullet later in the match or after the match. Because it is Drew that does eventually get a Claymore. Gets the win. And uh, Drew and Madcap are victorious. Afterwards, he goes for another Claymore. Sammy gets in the way. Sammy takes the bullet and gets in the way. And so, uh, once again... Sammy uh, showing his worth, showing why he should still be an honorary oos. Then we got a Maximum Male Models segment. So uh, this was uh, backstage and uh, Mansoir Marseille getting their pictures taken. Los Lotharios arrived, said that they should be in Maximum Male Models. Max Dupree said that he didn't think they were Maximum Male Model material. And they said, we weren't talking to you. And they uh, looked at Maxine Dupree. Uh, the segment kind of ends there. I mean, it's only a little backstage thing. But it was kind of cool. Uh, kind of cool that we were getting some kind of a backstage moment. So used to just like backstage interviews. We don't, or, you know, some happening kind of in those corridor areas. This was like by a photo shoot. So something a little bit different. We'll have to see where this goes. I don't know if it's going to be... Mansoir and Marseille against Los Lotharios, but that would be like heel team against heel team. So I can't quite figure out where this is going. Maybe a match or maybe they join. Maybe they join. Perhaps they are going to be another couple of uh, models. I, I really don't know. We'll find out. Next, uh, we're backstage again and Ricochet is saying that he feels like he's been uh, shot out of a cannon. He's uh, got that much excitement about beating Corbin last week. So uh, he said, like, I don't care if it's Shinsuke or the Hing General. Like, he'll face anyone, anywhere, anytime. And uh, he was just really excited at uh, the fact he'd picked up a win. 
Um, and then, of course, he gets attacked by Corbin. So Corbin attacks him, lays him out, and uh, that's how that segment ends. Uh, next, we get uh, a little glimpse as to what we're getting next week. So um, next week, we get uh, Roman and Drew face-to-face. That'll be interesting. I'm sure Carrion will get involved. We're also going to have a Viking funeral for the New Day. So that could be interesting. And then also, we've got Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. I really like Zoe Stark. She's great. Nikita Lyons, I don't really understand why we're using her. I can only imagine... It's because there's a lot of people out there that think she's quite attractive. And I think she probably gets decent ratings as a result. But her in-ring is not great. She can definitely do some strikes. She's definitely got, like, you know, some martial arts background. So, you know, her striking is all right. I've seen her do some, like, roundhouse kicks and things along those lines. So she's not, like, uh, completely useless. But just her matches, just I've watched quite a, well, I say quite a few. I've watched a handful and none of them ever impressed me. Um, so I'm really not excited about Nikita Lyons. But she's in a tag match. Let Zoe Stark do the work. She's awesome. Zoe Stark can wrestle. So uh, we got Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons taking on, I think it's Sonya Deville and Natalia. Again, first round match. I don't know. It might just be a little showcase for like these NXT talents. And then, uh, I, you know, I'm guessing Natalia and... Uh, Sonya go through. Uh, winners obviously are going to be facing Raquel and Aaliyah. So Raquel and Aaliyah against Natalia and Sonya. That seems to make sense to me. But all of that next week. Then uh, we got our main event. And wow. I mean, this main event, it gets about 20 odd minutes. I would say that the first part of it was fine. I mean, they really lay some groundwork, lay in some uh, nice heavy uh, strikes and uh, some nice like holds, sleeper holds, things like that. Nakamura knocked to the outside. We go to a commercial break, and when we come back, it gets so much better. Like there's some really great moves. There was a beautiful like underhand suplex. I was saying during the watch long, when you do a suplex on someone, you put their arm over your head, you put your arm around theirs, you grab their trunks, pick them up. That's how you do like you know a normal suplex. This one, he goes underneath the arms. Round the back, hooks, and he kind of suplexes like that way. And he did it with, like, Nakamura about halfway down his body. So he was just like a dead weight. So, I mean, it was such an impressive suplex, but also such an impressive show of strength from Gunther. And not only that, like, I'm, uh, he's drop kicks as well. And when you think of a drop kick, it's like side on. Uh, when Gunther does it, he's kind of like on his back. His back is facing the mat, and he kind of, like, kicks out um it's just like these little subtle differences are so interesting to me and i love watching all of that kind of stuff and i feel like these moments really got the crowd in all built up to this big this is awesome chant we said before like triple h if he sets the table and the wrestlers deliver it can be like so good and this was so good this is easily the best gunther match on the main roster and I would go as far as to say it might be Nakamura's on the main roster. It, it, was, it was really good. It was a really enjoyable main event. Hard to score. Hard to score because the commercials do get in the way. I mean, I feel like this might be 3.75 kind of area. I mean, to me, it's not five stars or anything like that. It's about 3.75. I mean, maybe four stars around that kind of ballpark for me. But um, you've got to remember, this is like SmackDown. This is WWE TV. I'm just not used to seeing things in that range. You know, normally we're like lucky if we get a three-star match. So uh, this was really good. I mean, maybe it was four. Maybe, maybe we did get to four. But it was really, really good. Certainly got a This Is Awesome chant from the crowd. But uh, you can see at the end, uh, uh, I believe it was a powerbomb. Uh, he rolls him up, gets the three count, and uh, Gunther... Uh, remains your intercontinental champion. And uh, he just comes across like a monster. I said on the watch along, if he can do that like once a month, just put a match on of that quality against different opponents, not only will that get him massively over, but it will re-establish the intercontinental championship because I think that really lost its way. Under Nakamura, it just wasn't being defended. So just even seeing it is a treat. So, uh, yeah, really good. Nothing but praise. Really great show. I can't wait to see what you lot have scored it. Obviously, we're going to jump to 
the chat and see uh, what you lot thought uh, of the show. I thought it was a really solid show. Love the main event. I, I, I mean what I said at the start. I think once we got past that women's tag match, I think the momentum, the pace, the mixture of backstage... And in-ring and the way that things were connecting, there was a, a little thread, you know, the Drew, Usos, Sammy story was a bit of a thread that ran through the show. Um, not only that, but they built up the main event with that video package. There was an interview with Gunther and there was an interview with Nakamura as well, but they were very short. But even so, it was nice to hear from the two uh, superstars that were going to be in the main event. So, yeah, the, oh, man, so many ticks here. I mean, honestly, so many ticks. Really, really good. Really, really good. So that was uh, that's what I thought of the show, breaking it down. Let's jump over to uh, the chats and uh, we'll see what people were saying. Um, uh, three to three point five, Prabash says. Uh, Shinsuke Gunther was really good, in my opinion. Uh, Whisperant said it was pretty good, about a seven point five. So that would put that would score it what that would score it three seven five. So seven point five out of ten, if you halve it, would be three seven five out of five. Yeah, yeah, I'd be around about that ballpark. Uh, Dalwin reckons eight out of ten, which again, if you halve it, would be a four. So I sort of feel that a lot of us are around the same kind of ballpark. Uh, I really want Sammy to somehow join the bloodline because he's trying to prove himself, says Dylan. Well, he is an honorary oose. I mean, I suppose he's not officially in because he's not on the graphics or the T-shirts. And to be honest, I don't think he'll ever get to that level because I can see it being a case that they will go their separate ways. Uh, like there will be a falling out. And I don't know if it will result in Sammy against Roman or if Sammy has to get a tag partner Maybe Kevin Owens. Could we be building towards Sammy and Kevin taking on the Usos and maybe even taking the titles uh, off the Usos? I don't know. But I feel like it's definitely building to something. Uh, Wrestle with Andy, hello, said, what have you preferred, Raw or SmackDown over the past couple of weeks? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say... I would say SmackDown, and I, I think the reason why is because um, I think it's a two-hour show, so it's a lot easier to entertain and hold people's attention for two hours. Um, I also think Carrion was a bigger surprise or moment than maybe Dexter Loomis was. Uh, not only that, but we've had Hit Row and Ronda come back. Um, so, you know, even though this is a shorter show, I still feel like we're getting maybe just as many big moments as what Raw is getting. And I feel like because of it being two hours, the pace of the show as well is obviously a lot better. It never really drops out. You could make an argument that on Raw, you know, you get maybe a couple of matches or a couple of moments where you don't really need them and they maybe get in the way. Um, I feel like SmackDown is is it's not that not that way. I mean, maybe the Raquel match. But the only thing I would say is, even though I would think that being the worst part of it, it was right at the start. It was out the way. It wasn't It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't that bad. You know, I mean, like, the crowd were actually into it at one point. Um, so it's not like it was a terrible match. It was just, it was a little bit off in places. It was a little bit, it was just, it wasn't the same level as the rest of the show. Let's put it that way. So... Yeah, for me personally, because of it being two hours, I think it's a lot easier to book. I think it's a lot easier to keep the pace and the momentum. And so I'd go with SmackDown. But there's no denying that Raw has improved. No denying. And uh, Raw's doing some really fun stuff at the moment as well. So, um, yeah, both shows have been improved. Um, do you see Triple H bringing back Authors of Pain? Mm, I'm going to say no, just because... I mean, they were doing their own promotion, weren't they? So I don't know where we are with that. So I'm going to lean towards no, but I think it would be good if he did because I do like them as a team. I think they're a very credible team. Um, I mean, look, he can bring in DIY. We've got Champa. If he can get Johnny, and obviously there was lots of reports that Shawn Michaels had been tasked with getting Johnny Gargano. Um, you know, he could bring him in and he could do uh, DIY, which would be a fantastic team. 
to uh, to have in the tag division. I mean, I feel like Triple H is going to want to, you know, respect the tag division. That was something we saw in NXT. A strong tag division, you know, Ascension were monsters in NXT. Jobbers on the main roster. Uh, American Alpha, fantastic down in NXT. Used really well on the main roster, actually. They did win the, the SmackDown tag titles, but they then got broken up because they wanted to do something with Jason Jordan. And we had the whole him being Kurt Angle's son and all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, look, American Alpha were just an incredible team. Uh, you had Undisputed Era, who obviously never get called up. I think Vince tried to do some at the end, but I think it might have been too late by that point. And uh, by that point, I think Adam Cole is thinking of going to AEW. Authors of Pain come up. They don't last very long on the main roster. Uh, FTR, or Revival as they were, killers in NXT. I mean, they were FTR, basically, in um, NXT on the main roster. They're shaving each other's backs. So I feel like uh, Triple H is going to invest in that tag division. So Authors of Pain is a, a decent shout, actually. You could see them return. I just never considered it. And I think they were putting on their own shows, so their own promotion. So I'm going to lean towards no, but could happen. Yeah, good shout. Could happen. Uh, AOP weren't very well liked amongst wrestlers. They cancelled their show out of the blue and refused to pay the wrestlers. Mojo stepped up and paid them himself, did he? I did hear that uh, there was uh, a payment issue. Apparently, they did pay the American wrestlers, but the UK wrestlers, I don't think, got paid. I'm sure I heard something along those lines. Because I think there was a statement that said the wrestlers were getting paid. And then all of these British wrestlers came out and went, well, I've not received anything or I've not been told that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, maybe there's a, a bit of an issue with that. Um, and maybe that could be something that uh, results in them not coming back. I don't know. But if they did come back, they obviously wouldn't be coming back as promoters. So they would just be a tag team. But maybe there's a bit of heat on them as a result of all of that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. That's an interesting one. I can't quite put my finger on that. I'm going to lean towards no. But um, for no real reason. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, Nia Jack said some stuff as well. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Uh, Tahil said, no, please don't. AOP were decent, but no promo skills. Unless they bring back Paul Ellerim. Well, I don't think Paul Ellerim wanted to go on the road. Paul Ellerim was quite happy to be their manager and stay in L NXT. But as soon as they got called up and they were going to travel, he didn't want to do it. So I don't know if you remember, but Drake Maverick was put as their manager. And actually, I wouldn't mind Drake Maverick being put back with them. Um, he isn't a bad talker. It's a weird fit because he's a bit of a comedy character, isn't he? And like he can do the 24-7 comedy stuff. And listen, AOP don't need a comedy manager, really. They need Paul Ellerin. Paul Ellerin, the, uh, you know, great former wrestler himself. But really, when I think of Paul Ellerin, I think of him more as the Legion of Doom manager. And for them to have that connection, it really put them over. So, you know what? Actually, you've just reminded me of something. Jimmy Hart, mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. He was asked, if you could manage anyone on the current roster, who would you manage? The answer that he gives... And he could be put with Authors of Pain, by the way. But the answer he gives is brilliant and should happen because it's a brilliant, brilliant answer. And I can totally, totally see it benefiting the person that he says. And the person that he says is a moss. A moss. Now, the great thing about that, right? is Jimmy Hart has got the, the, the megaphone. I, I, can, I can see Jimmy Hart coming down, shouting at the fans in the megaphone, stand back, watch back, get back. The Nigerian giant is here and all this and just really putting over Amos and then like getting in there and like he was such a good talker as well, Jimmy Hart. I mean, like he's in it. I think he's in his 70s now. Whether he could do any of that stuff anymore, I've got no idea. Whether he even wants to, I've got no idea. And maybe there's some younger alternatives. 
that Jimmy Hart with his megaphone shouting about how scary and big and dominant a moss is. I think that'd be really, really cool. He had he had that kind of gimmick where he can do that as they're walking down to the ring. And the other thing as well is that Jimmy Hart's like this small, like, you know, guy. And Moss is just going to look even bigger. I mean, right now, Moss's manager is MVP. Well, MVP used to be a wrestler. So MVP's got a degree of size, a degree of size. Jimmy Hart would be even smaller, even smaller than MVP. So I, I really like that. I really like that. Uh, as soon as he said it, I was like, man, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. It won't happen. But uh, I liked it. Uh, Jimmy Hart is almost 80. I just can't see him traveling around, says uh, Trekkers. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, 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 it won't happen. But I can see how it would benefit Amos. So it may, if we can't have Jimmy Hart, then maybe we need to find a manager that's Jimmy Hart-esque. Maybe we need a manager that's going to be... Um, if you think about MVP, he doesn't really say anything unless it's an interview. And he's quite quiet and reserved. And when he gets in the ring, you know, he'll say a few words. I think what Amos would benefit from is what Jimmy Hart brings, is he brings that gloating, that enthusiasm. He brings that, oh my God, have you seen how big my friend is? My friend's going to beat you all up, like... And like he gloats about it and he revels in it. And he loves the fact that he is managing this monster. And look, look who's by my side. And he's so excited about it. And he's got his megaphone and he'll let everyone know. I feel like Amos would really, really benefit by that. He would benefit by having this person by him that is so excited that, you know, this he's with this giant and look what this giant can do. He's going to destroy everyone. My giant is going to destroy everyone. Like that enthusiasm, I think, would really cut through and it would actually provide some excitement. Maybe that's what Amos is lacking. There's no excitement. Like he comes down and, you know, they shoot him and try to make him look big, which isn't hard because he is. But he's with MVP, who's very quiet, very reserved. Doesn't bring any enthusiasm like that. So as soon as Jimmy Hart said it, I was like, man, yeah, that's so good. I could definitely see them together. Uh, Daisy, how do they go about separating the titles, says United We Love? Um, I, to be honest, I don't know. But what you could do is you could, you could have Roman defend twice. So, you know, you could have... Like Roman defend the WWE against Drew and then the Universal against Carrion. I don't think they're going that way, though. I mean, it does seem like both belts are going to be on the line and it will be Roman against Drew. So there is a bit of a concern that Roman is suffering health wise. And if that's true, we could see both titles change hands at Clash. We could see Drew be the one that ends Roman's reign. Because Roman might not be able to carry on. Not not forever. I mean, these there's no there's no concrete reports on this, but um there's definitely rumors doing the rounds that I'm seeing. But it's it you know, look, it's social media talk, so t- take it with a pinch of salt, yeah. But um yeah, I, I mean look, I if Roman leaves Clash with both titles, I will be surprised. I expect him to lose at least one. I expect him to lose at least one. And I think I see Drew getting at least one. But how you go about doing it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Ro- I mean, I don't know if Roman can come out and change the contract and say that only one's on the line now. I don't know if uh, he'll have to face both guys, and so that way you do like he faces Drew and he defends one, he faces Carrion, he defends another. I don't know if Theory cashes in and he cashes in, and for some reason only gets one. I mean, it's really hard. WWE are going to have to make a decision as to how they're going to go about doing it because there's no clean way seemingly of doing it. It would have to be in a match for one title if it was to be one title. But as I said, the concern is right now that he might be losing both. Uh, If Drew takes one title, then Theory cashes in and pins Roman after that he could lose both, says Jason. Uh, Prabhash says, what are your thoughts on the main event? Many people say the main event doesn't boost the whole show, 
main event's really important and i would argue it does boost boost the whole show because um the main event is the last thing that you think of and i have seen firsthand where people have given low halftime scores uh during our watch alongs and then you will get a good main event a really good main event or there'll be a big moment say brock comes back and all of a sudden these scores have shot up so uh perception and perspective is do you know what i mean you only really whatever you saw last is going to have like the biggest impact so the show can be a god-awful show but you know if if you have a great main event and then say brock lesnar comes back all those fives all of a sudden become sevens and eights so i i kind of think that um the main event is very important and I think that uh, a good main event can really leave the right lasting impression. So I, I, I like to think I'm a little more level headed, though. I like to think that if I watch a show and it's about a five, I mean, I, th- that's not going to I mean, it's going to have to be something pretty epic to then get me to an eight. Do you know what I mean? Um, for me, I, I'll go so far if it's a really good main event. But yeah, I think they're really important, really important. I mean, you can make an argument. They're the most important thing, because if you watch a UFC show, um, the main event is not everything. It's not the be all and end all. I mean, with that, you would watch the whole show. But the main event really is what sells the tickets for, uh, you know, I mean, when it comes to like the next UFC show, everyone knows that it's uh, Usman against Edwards. But I mean, how far down the card could UFC fans go with saying what that next card is, you know? I don't think people would be able to... I, I'm watching it and I can't tell you every fight on the main card. So that's what I'm saying. Like for me, the main event in UFC is really important. Think about boxing. You've got uh, Joshua taking on Usyk. Uh, what's the undercard of that? I mean, I've read it. I can't tell you what it is. I can tell you a few people that are on it, but I can't tell you what it is. Pro wrestling is obviously very different. And the main main event is not the be all and end all as it is with boxing, for example. But um, I still feel like it's weighted so that it is very important. I think if you get a flat main event, I think um, it doesn't ruin the show, but I think it definitely does take take it quite a bit away. So uh, thankfully, that was not the case tonight. Thankfully, tonight we got a fantastic main event. Uh, Delwyn said, apparently TV 14 is going to start after the draft mid of next month. Uh, e. Wilkie, 1993, shout out to you, said Smackdown is on in 30 minutes for me because of the Detroit Lions game. Oh, well, mm, hope it didn't ruin it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I did hear that, actually, that the football kind of, I think it was the football, isn't it, kind of getting in the way. There was people saying in uh, Florida, they tuned into Fox and it wasn't on. So I think there was quite a bit of disruption with it tonight, which is a real shame. As I said, a really great show. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Let's put it that way. I think you'll enjoy it. Kirby said they could have had the contract sign in for only one title and that Drew finds that out afterwards. Uh, that would be really good. I've, I don't think we've had the contract sign in, have we? I can't remember the contract sign in yet. I mean, that would be pretty good. You know, he signs the contract and Roman starts laughing. And Drew's like, what are you laughing for? And he's like, listen, you might want to start reading contracts for your sign-on. Um, Tribal Chief is not going to be defending both bouts against you, pal. So, yeah, you can main event clash. And you can choose which title you want. Because I ain't putting both on the line. You, you're not, you're not that, you're not my level. You're just not on my level. Or something along those lines, yeah. They could do that. I don't think they've done the contracts yet. They could do that. It might might seem a bit weird. might seem a bit strange. And to be honest, if they do that, I think all of us in that moment will go, he's losing that belt. <laughs> as soon as that happens, if that's what they do, I think every wrestling fan around the world will go, Roman's losing. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be looking pretty good for Drew winning anyway, even if it's by DQ. The only problem is, do you want to do that? We all remember Lex Luger in 1993. I mean, are we really going to have Drew win the main event of Clash at the Castle? Celebrate, but he's not won the belts. Because we all remember Lex Luger. And that was not a good look. So, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I feel like you've... I feel like Drew... I feel like Drew has got to win. 
it's the main event of Clash at the Castle. First UK show in 30-odd years. It's a massive deal. Maybe it's just because I'm here in the UK. It feels bigger deal to me. But it feels like a big deal. And um, I really think they've kept Drew away from Roman. Because if you think when the last draft was, it was nearly like, it was a long time, end of last year. So it was a long time ago. And I remember sitting here doing um, where we looked at both rosters and we were like, that's a main event, that's mid-card, that's tag team, that's women's division. And we went through and we separated everyone. And the, I swear, the only main eventers on the SmackDown roster was Roman and Drew. That was it. The other people you had were like Cesaro, who could be used in a main event, but he's not a main eventer. And Nakamura could be used in a main event, but he's not a main eventer. Or Kofi could be used in a main event, but he's in a tag team. Yeah, and he's probably not going to be in a main event. And I remember saying, there's a lack here of main event talent. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do 12 months with this lack of main event talent? Well, the way they got round it was, first of all, he took on Seth at Royal Rumble, which was a Raw superstar. I think, does he face Goldberg? I can't remember if he faces Goldberg, like a returning legend. But then they get him to feud with Brock and uh, Riddle. He feuds with Riddle, who comes over from Raw. So they lean heavily on Raw superstars, have him with both belts, um, as well, so that he can feud with, like, both stars. He's doing, like, the whole bloodline thing. There's a big feud with, like, RK Bro. Obviously, they have Brock come back. The bottom line is, he hasn't really been feuding with, like, SmackDown superstars. And he hasn't been feuding with Drew, who is the only other main event talent I could see when we went through the roster last year. And so... This feels like they have purposefully kept Drew away for this reason, for this match at Clash. It's a big match. It's a big deal. Drew is still young, credible, would get a big boost by ending Roman's title reign. Rumours that Roman might be ill and have to take some extended time off. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, honestly... I'll be stunned if Roman leaves with both belts. Stunned. I really am thinking he's dropping one at Clash. Uh, Tanya said, if Vince was still in charge, Hulk Hogan would have returned and won the unified title. Uh, AJ said, Cena too. There's going to be a bigger attendance at Clash than SummerSlam and some WrestleManias. Yeah, now I don't know about this because... Like, I'm under the impression that the legit crowd at SummerSlam 92 was around 80-odd thousand. And actually, I'm sure Dave Meltzer has reported in the past that that Wembley crowd was actually bigger than WrestleMania 3. Because WrestleMania 3, according to Dave Meltzer, the numbers that they give are heavily inflated. And, uh, you know, they're kind of a little bit of a tickle. And uh, that's not the, the actual uh, attendance. But the attendance that is shown for SummerSlam 92 is roughly correct. So I'm sure I've read somewhere that that, that attendance at SummerSlam was a legit huge attendance. I mean, it was at a sold-out Wembley. I believe it was a sold-out Wembley. So they have mentioned this. They have said that Clash is the biggest premium live event in UK history. But I just don't know that that's true. I really don't know that that's true. It's a really interesting question. But I really do think SummerSlam 92 sold more tickets. And I really do think... I, I don't even know that the Principality Stadium can hold enough people to break that SummerSlam record. I don't know. Well, saying that, I mean, you can use the floor as well. So not only have you got the sides, but you do have the floor. But saying that, you've got to use one whole side for like an entrance stage, you would imagine. So I don't know. It's very interesting that they have said that before. And I have wondered that because I was under the impression SummerSlam was the biggest. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm sure it'll come out. Uh, hey, you 96 said WrestleMania 3 was the real attendance. Meltzer is talking paid attendance. 
WWE gave a lot of tickets away. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Days, you went over 30 minutes again. No, I actually thought we would. I mean, um, we did like an hour before, and that seemed to be something people enjoyed. So I will look for these to go about an hour because that seemed, just seems to be something people seem to enjoy. So I, uh, to be honest, I, I was really debating whether do we do these long? Do we do them short? I mean, honestly, should I just do them as a 15-minute video and do that? Or do I do them as half an hour, just break down the show and then we go? Or do I do them as an hour where we do the like a half an hour breakdown and then I sit in the chat for half an hour? I, I still don't know the right way forward, to be honest. So really, I'm looking at like the views and seeing what people connect with and what people enjoy. So I don't know. Look, I love sitting here and chatting with you guys. So this is uh, never a chore. Uh, from the ticket map, it looks like there won't be a massive stage for Clash. It looks like they're just going to use where the footballers come out. I heard that this was going to have a big stage because they're, they're treating this like a massive one of the big four shows. So I must admit, I am expecting a big stage. I am expecting it to be very grand and I am expecting it to be like, a, like a, dare I say, a WrestleMania. I mean, the stage won't be a pirate ship or anything like that. But I was expecting it to be a stage of that size. You know, um, the kind of stage they use for the Saudi shows. You know, it's it's a very standard stage. It's a big stage, but it's not a stage that, like, is special, really. It's a massive screen. It's a big stadium stage, but it's not really anything like the pirate ship that we saw or, you know, the WrestleManias that are skylines or anything like that. Um, I was expect yeah, I, I was probably expecting the Saudi Arabia stage. So that'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Hill Santa said we need to look at the scores. We do, and we will. We'll do that now. Let's go over uh, to the scores. Boom. Uh, scores, scores, score. I feel like I need a little jingle here for the scores. Uh, hopefully you guys got in your scores, and uh, let's have a look. Wow. I'm, do you know, I'm really surprised. First of all, shout out to you guys. Credit to you guys. Because it is genuinely great to see honest scores, honest reflections. I think that's really great because that's that's what this should be, you know. Honestly, how did you rate the show? And and you've you, you've been honest. I mean, you, twelve people have come back. We've had um, only around about thirty responses, so it is actually quite a low sample size. Um, don't don't forget to click on the link. It should be in the chat. Maybe what I didn't do is I didn't pin it. So maybe that comment disappeared. So maybe that's... Um, it was a race, man. It was a race to try and get it done. I uh, I might have to try and... Um, maybe that's where I went wrong. But either way, 7.5. That feels fair. I mean, it feels fair. I'm, I actually might be a little higher. But I wouldn't be crazy high. I'd probably be around like 7, 7, 5. Maybe an 8. I mean, I really enjoyed that main event. I really enjoyed the main event. I love the pacing of the show. And actually, eight was in second place. So uh, 7.5 uh, came out top. Then we got uh, an eight with uh, six responses. Um, we've got uh, a few responses here. Gunther, Nakamura. Uh, my favorite part was the main event. Definitely four stars or higher. Uh, someone here is talking about how the prestige for the titles has come back, which is uh, really good. I agree. Contract signing, Shayna being the voice of reason. Who saw that coming? Gunther Nakamura was epic striking. Oh, yeah. Hit Row returning, Carrion. Promo, Hayden enjoyed. Shinsuke Gunther main event was amazing. Gunther Nakamura hit Row. Uh, Shayna trying to rip Liv Morgan's arm off. Uh, the Ronda Liv Shayna segment was very good. Thank you, Trip. Just simply thank you, Triple H. Uh, Drew McIntyre, main event, carry and promo, hit row. Someone said days. Let me get that in there. Someone said days. Yeah, favorite part of SmackDown was days. That was me, though, in all fairness. Um, right, and least favorite. Honestly, they should take the belt off Liv and rebuild her. 
The finish against Ronda didn't land well at all. It's made her look weak. And that title looks bad being in her hands. Interesting. Opening tag match. I get it, it has to be done, but I'm not a fan of Shotzi at all. A couple of slow and awkward moments. I do agree with that. Opening contest was weak. However, it was fine for a first round match. Hit Row returns. Their wrestling ability is good, but please don't let them on the microphone again. That's really interesting, you know, because I do agree like the where they're all saying nada at the same time and stuff like that. Like, I don't look at them and think, oh, man, they're cool. I just don't see like, I don't know, the weekend doing that. I don't know. I can't think of any cool hip hop groups. Run the jewels. They're cruel. They're cool. Uh, like, I can't, I just can't imagine them coming out and doing, like, all this talking at the same time stuff. This is what I'm saying about how it, it comes across as being them trying to be cool rather than actually being cool. I don't know. I really want them to work, though. I ain't got nothing against them. I really want, I think they, I think they look great. I think they look great. You know, you got the big guy. Great. Uh, Ashanti the Adonis, you know, he's got a good physique. Looks like he can, you know, I think those two as a tag team would be good. B-Fab, I ain't down on B-Fab at all. So, I, I just, I, I don't know. Perhaps, like, the more they do it, the more they'll settle, get the feedback and they'll settle into a groove, maybe. Uh, maximum Male Models, Kofi and the Viking Raiders, Usos losing again. Uh, I don't have one. Someone's mom. Uh, Montreal. Uh, not sure. There we go. So there we go. And that was the responses. Uh, pretty good responses, in all fairness, uh, for tonight's show, uh, which uh, officially gets a 7.5. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this review. Broke it down. Had a good chat about it. Had a good chat about where we think things are going. Don't forget, we always do these about 10, 15 minutes after Raw. 10, 15 minutes after SmackDown. You can even, if you don't get a chance to watch these live on YouTube, check them out as podcasts. I've started uploading them as podcasts. They should be on... I think the only place I've not got them yet is Apple Music. I'm still working on that. But I think they're on like Spotify, Stitcher, places like that. So even if you're not able to join us live, you can check them out on there. So really appreciate the support, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, feel free to continue to leave your thoughts down in the comments below. And um, yeah, we're back at the time of recording this, uh, obviously with Raw on Monday. We've got UFC at the weekend, but uh, we're back with Raw. So we'll do the Raw watch along live and you can join us on YouTube for that. And uh, of course, 10 minutes after, we'll go straight into uh, the post show review. Awesome. Thanks a lot for watching. Really appreciate the support and I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.